are totally under the influence. From social media influencers, athletes, entertainers, and business moguls, it's time to get inspired. It's time for Under the Influence with Tom Ward. And now, Under the Influence. Hey guys, welcome to the Under the Influence podcast where we sit down with the biggest influencers in the world and talk about their careers, the lessons they've learned, their businesses, and much more. This week, we've got Travis Mills, and according to him, he's a renaissance man-child, and he's not lying. He started out as a rapper, then started producing, he hosts an Apple Music show, has a podcast and also a successful YouTube channel. There's not much he can't do. And we talked about everything from his DIY start, his rise to fame, how to launch a successful podcast and much more. I hope you love it. If you're a small to medium-sized company interested in influencer marketing, then check out my company, Five Bucks. We're a full-service agency and handle everything from start to finish. And the difference between us and the competition is that I have personal relationships with the biggest influencers in the world. And we've worked with everyone from Shane Dawson to Tana Mojo and much more. So if you're looking to grow sales, grow your social media, and create brand awareness, please reach out to me at Tom at TomWard.com or on social at MyDraw1. Thanks, guys, and enjoy the show. This is Under the Influence with Tom Ward. You went from an unsigned rapper on the Warp Tour to a signed rapper, actor, music producer, podcast host, radio DJ. Everything. Am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. Human being, maybe, but that's that's about it. Yeah, you nailed it. That's pretty impressive. Your research is extensive. Oh, dude, wait, this, we're just getting started. Oh, I, I do my homework, I, my I friend. I can't wait to see what you dig up <laughs> on me, man. I'm going to just have to like duck off in a corner or something. You know what I think is cool, though, about you and a lot of like these SoundCloud rappers and stuff? And I'm not even sure you're aware of it, but like the punk rock guys of the 80s, their whole thing was DIY in the yeah. 90s too, right? Yeah. Do it yourself. No one's going to give us a record deal. We got to go fight for it. We have to do our artwork and our t-shirts and everything ourselves. And it seems like you have that same kind of philosophy to your career. To I, your definitely, life, really. I definitely embody that. I grew up on I grew up on punk rock. I grew up on hardcore. But I also grew up on Tupac and Bone Thugs and Harmony and like the notorious B.I.G. and Wu-Tang Clan. So it was like a culmination of all these different worlds. Um, but you know, yeah, metal and, and punk was like the, f- that was what got me into music. And mm-hmm. I started playing in bands, super shitty bands. Would you play guitar? No, I sang, uh, and like screamed and like did all, like just all this weird shit. Uh, and then when I hated relying on other people mm-hmm. and you know, when I was in a band with five other dudes who were like all four years older than me and had DUIs and like, didn't <laughs> want to come to band practice. And I was just like stuck, like sitting by myself. I was like, yo, this sucks. Yeah. Um, and when I was 17, I got a laptop and that's when I was like, oh, I can start recording myself um and then i just started pulling instrumentals off of the internet and just started trying like sing over these like weird you know hip-hop pop beats um and it was awful but you know i like i slowly but surely taught myself how to record Mm -hmm. and you know being in a band is great because when you're 16 and you have no resources it really forces you to like think outside of the box yeah so like you know spray painting stencils on t-shirts and like you know burning our own cds and like writing you know writing the titles on it and like trying to sell them for like three bucks outside of the show and like you know renting a van and like putting all of us in it just to drive to like arizona for like two days and like getting paid nothing and sharing like one motel six room like that was what you know started everything and so you know when i started going on real tours and stuff i had that that background and and, you know that knowledge of of like where i came from so it it allowed me to be a lot more grateful for the opportunities that came my way yeah i jonah hill had a great quote he was talking about growing up in hollywood and his dad was I think an accountant to Guns N' Roses. He was like a money manager. Yeah, he was like a big, uh, I think he was a big, something something like that. He was either a booking agent uh, or a business manager. Yep. Yeah. uh, But he was saying because of that, like growing up out here, 
showbiz was attainable because he could see it. Like, mm. okay, my dad's a business manager. My neighbor's a camera guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I thought record deal. I thought record deals were fake. Like, I thought that only happened in movies. You, you grew know? up in Riverside, right? I grew up in Riverside. Is so that like, is that a whole different world than L.A.? The most famous person from Riverside <laughs> was Travis Barker to me. Who Another famous drums from, from Blink One Eighty Two, right? So that's why I was like, okay. So, I, I, but I didn't think it was like possible. Okay, and that actually led me to signing a really shitty contract when I was nineteen because I didn't think. It was real life. You know, some dude was like, I'll give you a thousand dollars. You can go into this studio and record some songs mm-hmm. um, and I'll print some merch for you. But like I own 50% of everything. And I was like, done. Yeah. You know? And signed it, got a thousand dollars and was like, cool, you know? And then later on when, you know, one of those songs popped off and I got Columbia Records calling me and they're like, here's a real contract. And then I found out what had happened. I was like, oh shit. Um, but you know, I, I say like, I met all of the wrong people first, Mm -hmm. uh, in my career. And, and that's, that's a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, it sucks what happened to me, but at least it happened then early now. Yeah. Um, So what was the plan after that? Go back to public school or were you done? No. So my whole thing was I would wake up at like seven in the morning (laughs) before everyone else. And I would burn 200 CDs like I used to do for my band on my laptop. And I, like I would, I'd have like little photos of myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'd put those in like the little CD thing, yeah. like a little sleeve. And I'd go out to the line of kids waiting to get in warp Tour with an iPod and headphones and put the headphones on them. The hustle is and strong. And try to sell them the CD for five bucks. Here's a free listen. List, literally. And then once I sold enough CDs on the first leg of the tour, I ordered my own merch. I spent like $400, got like a couple shirts, and then I'd go and do that. So... Like, cause he wasn't paying me to sell this. He's like, you could literally, you know, play here once a day and I'll mm-hmm. give you this bunk spot, but you work for me and this is what you have to do. Wow. So did you make some dough at the end of the tour? No, zero money. I mean, I made enough you to like even. eat. I made enough to eat and I made enough to like, you know, pay for the merch that I bought and then like, you know, pay for blank CDs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, made zero dollars. What were you selling the CDs for? Like, f- like five bucks. Okay. You know, um, and I'd sell, I don't know, maybe 10 CDs, yeah. you know, 20 CDs a day. Um, and, you know, have to buy food and, and all that stuff. So you get back from Warp Tour I'm sure it was a cool experience too. Did you get to meet some of your heroes and some bands? I met a ton of people. I made, and you know, that's like where I made a lot of relationships, but also that's where I made, I like met my first fans Mm -hmm. that would go on to, you know, come and see me every single year after that. And then, you know, watch me like grow and grow and grow. Um, And, you know, made a a ton of relationships on that tour. And I was just a kid selling t-shirts. So yeah, but I got home and, literally did you have a plan or like no plan i i just literally i, I was going to every concert that i could mm-hmm. um i don't even i don't even like remember what i did because it was oh i started booking shows on uh on my myspace page and and like literally i'd have to pay to play shows right mm-hmm. like I'd, I'd go and like take tickets and if i didn't sell enough tickets i'd have to pay yep and then i could go on stage um and i kept doing that and coincidentally i had a friend who uh his brother shot music videos and he hit me up one day because he had just done a video for fabulous this, like, oh rapper, sure right fabulous ton and, of um, sure. and he was like he was like yo dude we, i got all this camera equipment and i don't have to give it back until tomorrow and he's like i know that you know you're you're making music and stuff and he's wow. like if you want to try and shoot a music video um here's, let's, your, here's your let's do it and I was like, dope. I was like, 
but I had like I had like zero, you know, like zero new music, like from coming back. Like I had five songs when I went on that first tour, mm-hmm. like to my name. Like and you period. came back with five songs. And I came back with five songs. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, I have this demo of this one song, but I fucking hate it because mm-hmm. it was just a corny song. Um, and I was like, but I've never shot a music video before. Let me just wow. practice. Yeah. You know, like, let's just try it. Um, so we went and, uh, and we shoot this video and I mean, it's cool. Nothing happened. Like, you know, nothing happens. It, I just go about, you know, my, my little life and I'm, I'm just like working with people here and there and I'm recording my own music and, you know, are you still working at Starbucks or like, no, how, how are you no. paying to get a hamburger? Or- selling things on the black market, if so you will, you know, okay. like I became a botanist, if you will. Uh, and so, yeah, I was just like selling weed and like, okay. you know, just like doing stuff like that. A little um, hustle. Yeah. Or like, you know, I'd, I'd hop on a show and I'd get paid like a hundred bucks. You know, it was tough, dude. It was, it was rough. But you're living at home. You don't have a lot of expenses. It didn't have a lot of, I had a cell phone bill. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. I had like, like gas and like car insurance that I had to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wake up one day and the homie who I signed that contract for, for a thousand dollars to make those first couple songs mm-hmm. ended up getting in contact with that video director, getting all of the footage, had it edited mm-hmm. and just, I wake up on MySpace and my shit is just booming one day. And I'm like, what is going on? And this fool did a whole campaign with Fuse, you know, oh, Fuse yeah, sure. TV, yep. um, and released the music video without telling me, without Anything puts the song out, um, and to this day, it's like I, f- I hate the song. I yeah. hate the video. It's like a blessing and a curse because it's what started everything. Yeah, uh, a song called "Stupid Boy." I f- I've, I've never, I've never played that song live. Yeah, ever. Mm-hmm. Like, not like it's. It, it was like what started everything. Never played that song live once. Is this the bad song? It's awful. And okay. like you know, I made it with like this dude. It was like our first time working together, and like we made the song, and it was like cool. But like the shit we made after was way better. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, it gets 100,000 views the first day. Wow. Um, and by that time, I had a manager, uh, like a se- like semi-manager in LA. Um, and I would be crashing on his couch and stuff like that. He was like a cell phone manager, like had no clients, right? He was just like some dude that like I met and was like, yo, I'm a manager. <laughs> um, and he literally, he got uh, he got an email from Columbia Records. Mm-hmm. And he, they saw it on MySpace, the they, video? I mean, a bu- every record label saw it. Okay. And, I mean, it was 100,000 views on the first day. And so all of a sudden, he's like, yo, they, they want us to fly to New York. And I thought he was joking and yeah. shit like that. So Universal, Warner Brothers, Atlantic, and Columbia all want to meet me. What? Um, what do your parents think about this? They didn't know. Like, they, they didn't have any... They didn't have anything to like compare it to. Yeah. So it's like, it's just kind of like empty words. Yeah. You know, it's like, if I told like, trying to think of a good analogy, if I told my mom that, you know, I hung out with the Eagles or something, she'd be like, oh my God, that's yeah, amazing. Sure. But if I'm like, yo, you know, me and little Pump just got lunch today. She'd be like, what? Yeah. You little know? what? So they have nothing to compare it to. They don't even think that the music business is a real thing. Yeah. So like, okay. Like, have fun. It's my first time to New York ever, you know, besides, like, being on a bus. It's my first time on a plane in New York. Um, And we go there, and, you know, I meet with all these labels, and I I still don't think this shit's real. I'm like, Mm -hmm. when is this shit going to end? How's cell phone manager 
doing? Is he doing a good job? Uh, you know, he's, I mean, he had a band in the 90s that he, like, you know, he oh. worked with and got them a record deal. Okay. So he, like, you know, to me, he was, like, a god. I'm like, oh, this he, dude, oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's make Scooter Braun. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he's Riverside exactly. Scooter Braun. And, you know, he got me a lawyer, which is who then told me how bad the, the deal I signed with my friend was and all that. Um, and I ended up, yeah, I ended up signing with Columbia Records. Um, and then like wanted to distance myself as far as I possibly could from that old music. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was like my real first official entrance into the music business. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, after that, you know, I, I started recording and, and actually, you know, making music and 2012 Warp Tour actually invited me to go on the tour. How cool was that from selling t-shirts in the parking lot? It was lot cool, man, because, you know, I had my own tour bus. And so, and like, look, before like, those like that gap of time leading up, like I'd been touring and stuff and that was something I always did. But it just, that was a moment where it really came full circle. Like, damn, three years ago, you know, Ke uh, Kevin Lyman is his name who owns the tour. Mm -hmm. was like, he didn't even know that you were on. Like, I'd hide. I'd like sneak into the tent, like, and make sure like security and shit like wasn't, you know, looking at this unauthorized performance. And like, like Florida that year, um, the fire marshals and shit, they wouldn't let me play that day because they're like, it wasn't a stage or anything. Uh, it was just a tent. Yeah. And, you know, I had to like, I had to like rig electrical cords and shit to make, to power the PA. I brought my own PA. <laughs> so like, they're like, you can't do this. It's grass field and all this shit. So like, just to see, you know, that like evolution for me was really cool. And I had all my friends with me. I brought my dad on the tour for two weeks. Wow. He came on my bus. Um, and he was with me every day. So that, that for me was, was, was really awesome. And then getting to see all those kids who, you know, I met in line mm -hmm. in 2009. Who you sold then, them a, a CD exactly, for five bucks. Who were then like, you know, waiting, you know, for hours in a meet and greet line to see me again. Like that was dope. Wow. Um, and yeah, I really like carved, you know, carved my teeth out of like, like that whole circuit and, and, you know, growing up on like pop punk and punk rock and shit, it was cool to be, you know, one of the first. I don't want to say Eminem was on the first year of Warped Tour, so I don't want to say oh, like wow. the first hip hop artist, but definitely in the la like in the ten years before that, there was really no, you know, hip hop or urban leaning music. Mm -hmm. um, and that year it was me, Machine Gun Kelly, oh, G Easy, yeah. and Modson, and we were like the four, you know, wow. dudes that weren't screaming and shit. Yeah, uh, you know, all on the same Good stage. Company. Yeah, definitely, and all on the same stage. And that's where I met all those dudes. Mm -hmm. You know, who I who I know to this day. So what happened? So the career, you're, you're blowing up, you've kind of achieved mainstream success, you've got the record deal, you're touring, things are good. When did you decide, hey, I want to go in a different direction, I don't want to pursue rap anymore, I want to kind of do something else. Was there one thing that kind of led to that? or um, I'd been approached by Zane Lowe and mm -hmm. my friend Julie Pilot, who were at uh, you know, now explain were, who Zane Lowe is. People Zane, might not know. So what's crazy is that in 2013, I had a sing. 2012 and 2013, I had singles. Uh, and I found out about Zane Lowe because he had this show on BBC, yeah. on Radio One. And I mean, Zane is like the dude. He yep. is like the who's who of music. Like the only Kanye interview, Rick Rubin the at his only, house. The only like like the Eminem interview. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like he gets the biggest stars to talk about whatever it Great is. Great interviewer. And you know, he's kind of like the tastemaker. On on what is amazing musically. And so I knew Zane from him playing my records on, on Radio 1. That'd be a big um, moment when Zane's playing your records. Oh, dude, I I, call, I remember we had like a phone interview because he was obviously in the UK and, and I was just so nervous just to talk to him, you know? And just to hear him like co-sign me and, and, you know, be like, this record's fire. Like to me, that shit was crazy. 
So right before Flaked, uh, he left Radio 1. He went to Apple Music. And at the time, this is all hush-hush. No one knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Julie Pilot was working at Apple and Beats by Dre. Okay. And she used to be, uh, she used to be the head of KISS FM. So I'd oh. known her from, you know, my music Radio time. Insider. And we had had a great relationship. Like, she would fly down to Seattle. Uh, she was from there. And anytime I'd play there, she'd fly there. And, like, we'd hang out and go around the city and stuff together. And she'd come to the show. Um, and they were like, hey, we're doing something new at Apple Music and Beats by Dre. Uh, and we want you to come in. Because originally, they were just going to have, you know, influencers and celebrities and artists kind of fill in these these breaks for like an hour and be like, hey, this is so-and-so. Here's this song. Doom. Mm-hmm. And so I went in for like a test run of that. And um, they heard, you know, my thing. And look, I've always been super comfortable doing interviews. Anytime I go to radio stations, they'd always be like, you know, you're a fucking pro. You're yeah. a natural. And I'd be like, this is the easiest thing. This is done. easy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I, Zane heard my break and called me. Now you had no experience in radio. Zero. The Never only experience I DJ had was the only, on the other only side. experience I had was showing up and talking about my songs, yeah. you know, and hoping that they'd play them and shit. But it was never a dream of yours to become a DJ God, no, or God, be in no. radio no, or anything. No. Um, and he's like, Hey, you know, heard your break. He's like, you're incredible. He's like, I, I want you to have your own show. And I was like, okay. And this is in 2015. <laughs> like beats one wasn't even announced yet. Um, and so, we had, you know, so when we launched, I had this request show on Beats One. It was called Request with Travis Mills. Okay. And it was two hours a day, Monday through Thursdays. It was live, completely live. Uh, and That'd be fun. Super fun. And I'd take requests from all over the world and I'd bring in artists, you know, live. So I, I mean, I had ev- like literally everybody on the show and I was friends with all, I had G-Eazy on, I had Ty Dolla Sign on, you know, I'd have Travis Barker on, I'd have YG on, I'd have Demi Lovato, I'd have like Carly Rae Jepsen. It was literally an eclectic group. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I did this. I did that show for like seven months and then that was the time that I got the flaked. Uh, you know, the, I'd gone on the tour mm-hmm. and I got the flaked offer so I left. Uh, I left Beats One. Was the Beats One thing at the time, was that more of a hobby? That wasn't like a real good paying gig, was it? It was definitely like a a step into a new space. And, you know, it turned it out to be a lot more time than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. You know, I just put out an EP and, you know, I was trying to tour it and stuff. I booked the Netflix show. And so that took me out for like a month. So I was like, yo, I'm going to step away from this. Um, You know, I love you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, hit me up if there's anything else in the future. Um, Shot the Netflix show. Came back. I was recording, recording, recording. Uh, I'd go on some tours. Um, and yeah, it was just like, damn, I want to do something, you know, like something that that I want to do. And I want it to be fun and crazy. And I want to feel fulfilled. Um, and so I shot a pilot and created this like kind of show. Mm-hmm. Um, Video? It was a video show, yeah. And uh, it was called ADD with Travis Mills. Okay. Uh, and, you know, not to be confused with ADHD not, with Travis that, Mills. This is why my life is just like, like all of my mistakes <laughs> turn, into, turn into wins later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to learn from them first. So I shot this like, you know, 15 minute pilot. What was it? It was like, it was sketches, um, live performances uh, from your artists, comedians. Um, and like reacting to like funny things on the internet in real time. Okay. So it was kind of like a hybrid, you know, I, I wanted to create like the new school TRL. Okay. In that sense. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, like, the pilot, like, Vic Mensa's in the pilot. Rita Ora's in the pilot. Oh, wow. You weren't fucking uh, around. No, no, no. Like, you know, I mean, we probably spent, like, $75,000, like, shooting this, like, 15 Who, minute. you did yourself? Who, who uh, and the dude who created TRL. Oh, uh, so so you had some backers. So I, I went and had a production company, like, sign oh, on. No and, shit. you know, our goal was to, like, sell this show. So this wasn't you with a buddy in a garage. No, it wasn't, like, us in, like, an iPhone, like, you know, be like, hey, let's shoot the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, this is, like, real deal. Like, you know, I had a crew and, you know, everything like that. We rented out, like, a crazy space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took us, like, two or three days to shoot. Um, and so we took that pilot. Brought it to MTV, brought it to MTV2, brought it to VH1, brought it to Spotify, brought it to Snapchat, uh, brought it to Apple Music. I had a meeting with Jimmy Iovine. Literally, whoa. everybody... Whoa, 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 pause there for a sec. What's it like sitting down across the table with Jimmy fucking Ivy? I mean, look, here's the thing. I'm a little jaded because I've literally, like, you know, when I was getting signed, like, Lior Cohen, I was, like, in, a, in you know, in, like, the studio with Lior. Like, so I, I had had meetings. in the music business. I had had some crazy heavy sure. meetings, you okay. know? Jimmy is incredible. But I never, like, I never, like, rolled in and, like, tried. One, Jimmy never tried to sign me. Mm-hmm. Um, Interscope never tried to sign me. And so that was my first time. I'd met him at, like, an industry party before, but I'd never, like, sat with him. Okay. So walk in to like show him my pilot i was like oh fuck you know and he ended up being like the fucking coolest dude ever man yeah. and you know gave me you know an hour and a half of his time well started out, he's a real musician he was an engineer exactly and I mean, you know he was asking me my opinions on like you know i think i think it was like the like some 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 music event had happened like the night before or something and we were talking about it mm-hmm. he was brutally honest which i totally loved and like it was cracking me up um and so we show we showed him the pilot and he's like, uh, he's like, yo, this is amazing. This is amazing. And he's like, but uh, he's like, but just wait till November. And so we're all like, uh, okay. When when was this? And this is in like, this is in like May. Okay. You know, so it's like a, a lot, like, you know, five, six months. Yeah. We're trying to sell this show and like get it going. I like, mind you, I put everything on hold for this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not doing, I'm not touring. I'm like in the studio, but like, I'm really focused on, on getting this show. So what was the dream to be on MTV? Uh, yeah, like my dream was either to, to, uh, to sell it to Netflix mm-hmm. or to sell it to MTV. Um, and at the same time, MTV was rebooting TRL. So they were like, not interested. They're like, they, and like this is when they were using the influencers and stuff. Exactly. And okay. they want, you know, then they were like, maybe you could host TRL. And I was like, uh, I want to do this show. Yeah. And then I went and met with MTV too. And it was like, uh, um, but like literally everybody told me no, like snap, like they were like, no, 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 pass, 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 pass. Jimmy's like, oh, wait till November. We might have technology like there for the show and shit. So we just know, on that real quick, sorry to interrupt, but this again is your entrepreneurial DIY. Definitely. Hustle going. 100%. Like you didn't sit around on your hands and wait and go, I want to show, you know, maybe they'll call me one day. You go, exactly. fuck this. I'm going to go shoot it myself. I'll get the pilot. I'm yes. going to go out knock on doors and try to go sell it. Yes. I think that's great advice to you know, your younger fans out there who are aspiring hip-hop artists or entrepreneurs or whatever. Oh, dude, I've been... Like, you got to get after I've it. I've had the door shut on, like, on my face so many times. And it's like, you know, for, for like, the 99 no's, all it takes is the one yes. Yeah. And, you know, and that'll, you know, make or break your life. Um, and so when we walked out of the meeting, you know, the, the production coming to everyone, I mean, to them, it was like, all right, that's a wrap. We're not going to sell this show. Let's move on to other projects. Yep. Um, and so I just kind of like went about, you know, my like my life and my life for like the next like four or five months. And what does that mean? So there's no day job. I was recording. Oh, you okay. know, I was I was, you know, just playing like shows here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like really, I want I was in to, limbo. Yeah, I was like I was definitely in limbo. Um, and 
this is now like, yeah, this is like 2016 now. Okay. Um, around that time, I met, uh, I met this kid, Lil Peep, who was a fan of mine from, you know, the Warped Tour days and all of that. And I found his music and I was a fan of him. I didn't even mm-hmm. think he knew who I was. Um, and I had... How'd you connect with Lil Peep? On Twitter. I followed oh. him and I liked a tweet and he, I got a DM saying, bro, how the fuck do you know who I am? Oh, no and I was shit. like, yo, I love your music. I sent him my number and I was like, hit me up whenever. Uh, and he just FaceTimed me as soon as I, like, that's pretty bold to do. Like, you know, he just yeah. FaceTimed me as soon as I sent him my number, like not even a minute later. <laughs> like you want to play it cool a little bit, like wait a couple days normally. Or like, yeah, I thought he'd like text me and be like, yo, yeah. lock me in, you know, let's hang out when I'm in LA. Fucking balls out FaceTime. Yeah. Not even a phone call, FaceTime. And, um, just to give a little backstory on that, you know, with my music too, like I was working, uh, you know, with my best friend, Adam, and he was managing me and he was at this management company with this woman, Sarah Stennett. And Sarah's like this huge music manager from the UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, she manages Rita and, you know, Ellie Goulding oh, and wow. at the time, Zayn Malik and Iggy Azalea and all of these, you know, crazy artists. And, you know, she took me to dinner one night she was brutally honest with me. She's like, look, I'm not interested in managing you as an artist. Thanks. She's like, I don't, you know, don't believe in you musically. And I, I was appreciate like, that. she's like, but she's like, I really trust your taste and your opinions. And she's like, if you ever find an artist that you love uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, an act that you really want to sign, she's like, let's do it together. Mm-hmm. And literally a week later, I met Peep. So like having that dinner with her that night, I hated her. Like, I, it yeah, was how like, shitty was that when you left? Oh, dude, I, I like cried. Like, I was like, you know, it was the worst to me. It was like, I was like, fuck that. She doesn't know anything. But like, yeah, she's a respected person in the business. Literally. She's telling you basically you're not good enough. Not, not good enough for her, you know? But like, she was like, I think you're going to be huge. But like, I think like, I tr- like, you're going to be huge as Travis, not as like T-Mills. Okay. You know? And she's like, you have so much more to offer. And to me... I didn't want to hear that shit. You know, I just wanted her to be like, yeah, let's fucking do it. You're you the know? greatest ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love you. So it definitely checked my ego. Um, and coincidentally, I met Peep a week later. And How old was Peep at the time? He, was, he must have been young. Oh, right? dude, like 18 or 19. Okay. Um, he was like 18 or 19. What kind of music was he making at the time? I mean, he had just put out uh, this song called 19. Okay. Um, which is my favorite Peep song. And then he had this song called Beamer Boy uh, before that. And he was part of this this like rap group before. Um and, you know, I was, I f- yeah, we started, I met him when he had like 3,000 followers. Like, that's how I like classify dates and shit is like by following. <laughs> um, and I'm talking to him and that conversation with Sarah clicked in my head mm-hmm. where she's like. He didn't have a deal or anything at the time. He was just like well, a SoundCloud guy. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, at, I'm, I'm at my parents, I'm at my mom's house in Long Island, New York. And I was like, you want to come to LA? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, cool. Send me all your information. I'm going to get you a flight. Mm-hmm. So I called Sarah and I'm like. Yo, I got the guy. I need, I need money to fly. To, like, give me your credit card information, <laughs> and I flew him out literally mm-hmm. the next day. Um, and you know, I brought him to the company, and and pretty much all I did was gave him resources and mm-hmm. an opportunity. Um, you know, to to pursue his artistic vision. Like, I, I I just connected him with certain people, and you know, he was like, I want gr- I want a pink grill had the grill person come over, mold his teeth, you know, and we paid for it. Got him a house in LA, paid for it for a year. Um, you know, he wanted flamingos in his music video. We got fucking 10 flamingos. You know now, what is I mean? He, is he an artist? I mean, that sounds like crazy Dude, out there a, shit. He like, true was, artists are like that. He was, I want fucking flamingos. You know, he, and what's crazy, like, he reminded me of me when I was 19, mm-hmm. but just, like, in an even crazier way. And, like, part of me was, like, 
jealous, not jealous, yeah. but like, damn, like I wish I could be as free as this kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I had my, I had so much like admiration for him. Um, and you know, he, he didn't believe in the music business either. He's like, mm -hmm. yo, there's people that are like, do all the shit. You know what I mean? Like I could shoot a, you know, $60,000 music video. Mm -hmm. And so all I did was believe in his ideas, um, you know, and just kind of, but why at the same time, you're an artist yourself. You know what's crazy? Why you do know why I did it? Yeah. Because I started following Gary V around that time. And Gary has this quote saying, uh, if I can put myself out of business, then I win. So what does that mean? If if I own if I own Coca-Cola. Okay. Right? And I know that diet Coca-Cola, like let's pretend they're two separate companies, sure. right? And and I know that diet soda is gonna be the next big thing and it's gonna crush regular soda. Yep. Or let's say I own Coca-Cola. And energy drinks are becoming the new thing. If I can buy Red Bull yep. before Red Bull has enough money to buy Coca-Cola, yeah. I win. Yeah. If Red Bull puts Coca-Cola out of comp out, out of business, I own both of them. Yeah. So it's like, who's losing here? Yeah. Because event and music and anything. There's I always going to be somebody else. It's just, it's age and it's timing. And it's like, there's always, you know, there's 15 year olds right now that are going to be yeah. mega famous next year. Yep. That a 35-year-old is going to have no chance competing against. No. So, like, if I can get in now mm -hmm. and, you know, help this young artist and, like, put maybe my shit to the side, then who, who's losing? That's a pretty more mature way. I guarantee if you put 10 artists in a room, nine wouldn't have done that. Nine would have go, fuck That's him. That's where I, I want to like keep. I want to keep him down. I, he's, I'm threatened by him. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep him at bay so I can keep coming up. Yeah, I think that that that's just like the famine mentality, mm -hmm. you know, of like that like there's not enough for everyone. Like I need it all for myself. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it was just like, yeah, if, if you know, I, I'm not going to be the most popular dude forever. So if I can contribute to someone else's success, wow, that's you know going to be. And I think that's where my entrepreneurial like like side of my brain kicked in, mm -hmm. um, because my ego definitely wasn't at the forefront there. <laughs> sure, you know, um, and so start working with Peep. Um, so what are you doing for him at the time other than getting McGraws and Flamingo? Just literally, yeah, just like creating opportunities, you okay. know, connecting him with with stylists and, you know, sending him to Fashion Week. But and, he doesn't have any money at the time, right? No, how's, he, I mean, how's he paying for all this? Literally, like, you know, got in business with us. And, oh, I got you. Okay. You know, uh, and, I mean, v dude, it all happens so fast because mm -hmm. he's, he's so talented. Like, you know, he started selling out merch and started, you know, went on tour. His first tour in Russia was sold out. And so were you getting a piece of, you were in the no, little no, no, business? No, 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 I mean, I, I brought it to Sarah. Um, I didn't do anything for the money there. Oh, okay. You know? But like what I had was I had a woman who was well-established in mm -hmm. the industry and who had, you know, belief in me. And I've always said like money doesn't make you rich. Relationships make you rich. True. So if I have a woman who's willing to invest in me and my ideas, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and you're learning from her at the same time, how 100%. to, how to take an unsigned artist and kind of turn it into something. And, uh, and you know, I saw like a lot of myself and peep and I didn't want him to get fucked over. Like I did when I was his age. So I was very protective in that and sense. pass along the stuff you've learned. Literally. Like I was just like there to talk and like there to like, you know, yo, if you need something, always hit me up. Um, and then what we were able to do in a very short amount of time was, was really cool. At the same time, uh, Zane Lowe starts texting me and is like, yo man, let's have dinner. Let's catch up. You know, da da da. I haven't seen you in forever. Um, and so he comes over to the house and he's like, Hey, you know, uh, it'd be amazing to have you back, uh, you know, at Beats. And I was like, dope. I'm just, you know, I have this pilot that I shot, show him the pilot. He's like, cool. Bring it back in. 
um, ended up starting my Beats One show, mm-hmm. you know, and this is like the beginning of 2017 now. Okay. Um, and developed that for a few months. And then in May, we went live and I've been on, oh, it was the end of 17. And then, so yeah, beginning of 2018, my show, you know, went on and I've been doing it ever since, man. What's up with the video? Are you, is that still in the mix? I have the pilot, but you know, uh, the format changed a little bit. Couldn't call it ADD. Okay. Um, Why not? With a corp- like, just because like they, they thought it was like uh, insensitive, oh, you know. Jesus. And and I had I have you know I have it. Me too. But when I started my podcast, mm-hmm. it came full circle because I was like, I need a title for my. I was gonna call it like right now with Travis Mills, or I was gonna call it something so, so stupid. Yeah. And I'm like, ADHD. I'm like, it's been Perfect. right in front of me like this whole time. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I mean by like every little thing in my life is like led up to a culmination, of, you know, yeah. it's, it's been a culmination of like all of my good ideas, bad ideas, unexecuted ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, what led to the podcast? How did that come? I just, I've always wanted, cause I've heard, I've heard you talk about it. You kind of look at the Joe Rogan, you're a big fan of him. Is there any other people definitely. in that world? You kind of, I mean, Chris D'Elia, Theo Vaughn, uh, Theo, Vaughn's Theo, great. Theo and Brendan have a crazy podcast. Uh, Dax Shepard has an amazing podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really fell in love with the medium. Yeah. You know, and like, you're a fan. Yeah. And I just got like so burnt out on listening to music all day, every day, especially I play so much music on my show. Mm-hmm. I'd be in the studio for 12 hours. And when I get out, I wouldn't want to listen to music. Yeah. And, and so I really fell in love with podcasts and you know, I'd, I'd always said like, Oh, one day I'm going to do this one day. I'm going to do this. Um, and then I started being asked to be a guest on podcasts. Okay. And so after I did like two or three podcasts, I was like, I found myself just being like, more present than the person interviewing me on mm-hmm. the podcast. And I was like, Yo. what do you mean by that? Just like, I was dominating the conversation. Sure. You know, I was, interview- you were interviewing them. Not interview, but I was leading. I was the like, conversation. I, it was, yeah, it was, it was my convo to be had. Yeah. And I was like, Yo, this is, I'm really like, you know, missing an opportunity here. Um, and plus and, you do this. I mean, this is a skill set you've built. My whole beats, life. Yeah, really exactly. your whole life. I mean, look, if you're a hairdresser, they always say like, you know, you're your client's therapist. It's like a bartender. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, all you do is, you know, listen and, and talk. Um, so, you know, and my Beats One show, I play I play music and it's very music centric mm-hmm. and it's what I'm listening to. How long to are your talk breaks? How long do you get? Cool. I mean, it's an hour show. But I mean, like every, like when you open the mic, how long do you oh, have I to talk, talk whenever I want. But how, but how long? Usually a minute, two minutes? I mean, you're not talking for 15 minutes. No, the interviews will be probably like eight to 10 minutes. Okay. Um, and then I'll talk in between in and out of songs. Okay. You know? And I'll have two to three artists every episode. Okay. So it's very packed. It's sure. like, it's boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, and then Which is pod- what you need for a show like that. 100%. Fast moving. And that's why I wanted to call it ADD, you know, or ADHD. <laughs> uh, and, and then the podcast, you know, I wanted something where I could just sit down with somebody that I had a good relationship with and mm-hmm. that I knew, you know, could, could really have a good conversation and just, just talk. let it fucking rip and yeah. have no boundaries, have no, you know, rules. Uh, there's nothing that's off limits. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, pointing back to Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, crazy thing is too, is I love I was, that. Inter- I love that interview, by the way. Thank you. And when I was on that Ray Schremmer tour with Pete and how do you say that? I'm old. How Ray Schremmer. I always thought it was Ray Schremmer. No, Does Ray everybody say that? it's ear drummers backwards. Eardrum, oh no shit. Eardrummers is Mike Will's, Mike Will made its record label. Okay. And he signed them. Okay. And so it's Eardrummers backwards. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, Ray Schremmer. Uh, 
when I was on a tour, me and Gary, I followed him on Twitter and he hit me up. Uh, and, and you were just like, a fan. You listened to him? I was just a fan, dude. I was a musician. You know, I was I was just watching his videos. I was really depressed at the time. No offense, but how does a rapper musician even get into Gary Vee? He's kind of a business kind of a just guru kind of Once guy. again, my entrepreneurial side of my you brain. You just love that hustle. How, how to build my business. How yeah. to, you know, how to, you know, just do whatever. Um, and so Gary hit me up and was like, yo, really love what you're doing. Wow. Um, if you're ever in New York, you know, hit me up. Just so happened I was going to New York uh, for fashion week and, and all this shit. So we were supposed to hang out. Couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he canceled? No, he set aside, he set aside like a block of time for me. And this was at the time when he was like giving people like five minute meetings. He was (laughs) like, all of his vlogs were like, he would schedule like literally five minute meetings. Yeah, yeah. And so he gave me like 15 minutes and that to me was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, And something came up and it didn't work, but I was in New York and I walk into the sushi restaurant to have a meeting with with someone and he's at the bar. Hmm. And so I'm like. Just by himself? He's waiting for for a dinner meeting to go okay. into yeah. and tap him. I didn't think he's gonna know me. He's like Travis. I'm like, dude, it's so yeah. nice to fucking meet you. He's like, yo, I know we're supposed to, you know, hang out and stuff. He's like, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make it work, you know. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So we, we actually met each other by accident, um, in like 2016, and then yeah, like I think last year. I just said like fuck this, dude. I'm gonna start the podcast. You know, I'd been a guest on on some podcasts, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna do it. It's, it's it seems like a good fit because it's the exact opposite thing you do during your day job. Definitely, everything else is timed out, planned out. We got to get this. We got to get in this song. We got to get out of that song. We got to get this interview. Blah blah blah. With a podcast like we're doing right now, you can just talk forever. Yes. Make it short. Make it long. Talk about shit. Curse. Yep. You know, do whatever you want. Um, and coincidentally, again, I'm eating sushi with my girlfriend. And Gary texts me and he's like, yo, I just launched this new wine business. Mm-hmm. And before, uh, backtrack a little bit, when I was thinking of the idea of the podcast, I wrote down a dream list of guests. Gary was at the top. Okay. Um, Who else is on the list? Uh, Gary, Crystalia, um, David Dobrik, um, Gabby Hanna, Zane Hijazi, um, Shmeek Moore. Literally every- You've had all these I've guests, literally right? had every single person besides one person that I've, I've written down on my list. Wow. Yeah. Um, Cody Co and you know and he's you coming, on. coming yeah he's coming on uh, and so I've literally Theo has not done my podcast yet and that's the one person that that's on my list that, hasn't, that hasn't come on Theo hook him up yeah come on um, crazy story about that though uh, and so Gary texts me and he's like yo I just launched a new wine company he's um, getting into the $20 bottles of wine wines, right? yeah. um, and he's like it mean the world uh, you know if you could support so I'm at dinner with my girlfriend most people would look at the text and be like, okay, cool. I'm at dinner. Yeah. You know, I read the text and Gary's always been a solid dude. I've always respected his, his work and you know, all, all the shit he does. So I said, you know, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. I need to do something on my phone. <laughs> Pulled out my wallet. So you're not the dick boyfriend at dinner on your phone the whole time. No, no, okay. no, no. So I told him, I'm like, yo, just give me two seconds. Nice. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to respond to this text. Mm-hmm. And, um, she knows how big of a fan of Gary I am yeah. and everything. And so, uh, and so I pulled out my phone. And I ordered two cases of wine and, you know, sent it back to Gary, not expecting anything. Mm-hmm. He was like, dude, thank you, brother. I, you know, appreciate you so much. Two weeks later. Uh, Is that what he meant? I, I took the text to something else. Like, can you please support this like venture? I, th- I took it to mean like, could you promote it or could you talk about it? He was looking for sales. I don't know if he was looking for sales. I don't know what he was looking for. I think he was just kind of like texting his homies and being like, yo, this is, this is what I'm shit doing. I'm doing. You know, anything, uh, anything you could do to support, uh, oh, you know, cool. I'd appreciate it. And um, 
me and Gary, had, I had him on my Beats 1 show before the podcast. What was the connection there? Why was he on that? Uh, he was on there promoting, I think, his book. Okay. Um, and, and then after that, I mean, we talked on the phone every day. Like, he would call me. Uh, oh, he was dropping a shoe collab, too. K-Swift. Yeah. So, we would just talk on the phone literally fucking every— he'd, he'd send me music. He'd be like, what do you think of this? What's crazy is, and I talked to him, I interviewed him, too, is— the hip-hop connection because I'm an older guy yeah. too and it's like when are you too old to talk about young rappers right but Gary kind of proved that you can do other things like Definitely. he doesn't have to be business guy yeah. he doesn't age out of something he's like I'm fucking listening to this new yeah. you know whatever record yeah. now we're going to talk about entrepreneurship 100%. now I'm going to talk about little. I think it all just ties into you know his whole brand and like his whole message and now the know? Jets it's very organic exactly yeah um, and so you know cool. and then like two weeks later I'd set a date for my first episode and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but uh, I texted him and I was like, yo man, I'm watching my podcast. Would love for you to be a part of it. He's like, cool. Yeah. 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 I'll send you some dates when I'm available. Um, it's getting closer, you know, to the time where I got to record. And, um, and I, you have no like backup plan. I got no plan. <laughs> you just like, fuck, I hope Gary texts me back. Mm. Like, yeah. And I was just like kind of sending out feeler texts. Like, mm -hmm. Hey man, not to him, but just to like a couple of friends okay. and like, hey man, you, you know, might be starting this podcast, maybe <laughs> if it's convenient for you. Um, and I woke up and I got a text from his assistant. Oh, I got a text from his assistant. I got a DM from Gary and a DM from his assistant on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I thought like something had happened. I, I woke up to like, oh shit. And it was, yo T, I'm in LA today. I leave at 10 PM. Oh. Flight got canceled. Let me know if you want me to do the podcast. Wow. So I'm like, oh shit. So I call like the studio, you know, for my podcast. And I'm like, I need everything set up tonight. <laughs> I need the lights. I need the mics. Da, 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 da. Um, and we made it happen. And he was supposed to fly to Chicago. They had a snowstorm. Mm -hmm. Flight got canceled. So he was stranded in LA. Okay. And, um, and he came and, and did the first episode. Wow. And that's a great episode. You guys should check that out. Thank you. It's kind of neat how you take diverse people because your fan base may not know who Gary is. So you do one with Gary. Yeah. Then you do one with Gabby Hanna. Then yeah. you've got your girlfriend in. Then I want to talk about your solo ones too. That was interesting. Like I listened to that. The one you did right before, right around Christmas. Yeah. I did that. I was doing homework. I did uh, like an end of the year. Uh, like a year in review. Yeah. How all those YouTubers do it. Yeah. But I did it like podcast edition. Yeah. It was really yeah. cool. And um, is that hard for you to do? Because... Like when you're doing your beat show, it's you, like you've got a real purpose, right? I got to get out of the song. I got to tease the interview coming up and I got to talk about this next song I'm mm -hmm. playing, whatever. It's kind of, it's kind of structured. Podcast is looser when you're interviewing somebody, but there's still kind of some structure, some things you want to hit. Yeah. When it's you by yourself, that's a different thing than interviewing somebody. Definitely. This is a lot easier to me than looking at that camera and talking. I, I think that's hard as fuck. Like, I don't know how these YouTubers do it. How, like, how did you do it? The first time on your podcast, were you nervous or? No, I wasn't nervous. Uh, is it a different skill to learn? The, I think the hardest thing for me to do is like write down everything that I did that year, you know? Okay. Like, oh shit, like in chronological order. Yeah. You know, so I like wrote out the months. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Because my memory sucks. ADHD? Literally. And and I just kind of had to like pick, you know, pick moments. Um, what advice, because a lot of people are starting podcasts every day. I mean, there's more. I mean, there's literally, I mean, there's millions. You know that, millions. like, I, I want to say, like, 90% of podcasts that get started don't go past episode seven. You know, I heard the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, episode seven. They all, they all stop. What is it about? How many episodes do you have? I'm on 
think 15. So you're fucking home free. Oh, the seventh week, I was so scared. (laughs) I was like, dude, if I don't fucking get this podcast, I'm doomed. Yeah. Uh, And that was a big thing when I started, like, because I, you know, and yeah, like, I think I want to say some crazy percentage. What is it about your podcast? So what's why? I think it's consistency, man. Yeah. People are jacked up at first. Oh, that's with anything. You know, people are super excited at first and they don't see results that they want after four weeks. And so they're like, fuck this. This yeah. isn't worth it. You know? Yep. And like one thing back to Gary, man, what? it's just do it for four years and yeah. then come back to me. Yep. Do it every, every day, day for four years and yep. then come back. Yep. What makes a good interview? What makes a good interviewer? Um, Cause you're a good interviewer. Not look, I think there's one thing about being prepared. I, by the way, I don't do, I don't write down questions. I don't throw those away. You know, they've been sitting on the table the whole fucking time. Uh, but I do this as an outline. It's like I have an idea of how I want to come to conversation to go. And this is more just the crutch. If, no, and I noticed. I saw that you had them and you haven't picked them up once. I haven't picked them up cool. one time. I think, yeah, yeah like. Do you, I, and I noticed you don't have any notes at all. None. No. So, like, I don't want, like, I think being able to react to the conversation because I could tell you something about, like, pudding, you know? And I'm like, I love chocolate pudding. Yeah. And if you're like, but tell me about your first single. <laughs> tell me about like, Riverside. It's going to be fucking weird, yeah, dude. Yeah, talk fucking you know? pudding. Like, like, go, like, being able to actually be in the conversation, be present, and, and you know, uh, just respond and, and, and react. That's that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. And what else? I mean, length of podcast, doing prep work. I mean, like, how much prep work do you do? Zero. The no most shit. prep I do is... That's bad. Podcasters, that's bad advice. Do some fucking homework. Well, I'm self-aware, I did homework. I did I'm homework. self-aware enough to know that I'm good at what I do. You are good at what you um, do. But how do you not do homework? Because well, you're interviewing with people you already know and are familiar I've with? interviewed... I've had three guests on the podcast who I'd never met before. Okay. Like, us meeting was the first time... You know, was in the studio yeah. meeting for the first time. Um, and... That's how I get to know them. All right. Well, listen, you said it all. Dude, thank you so much. It was a pleasure, man. It was really nice sitting down with you. Everyone check out his podcast, ADHD with Travis Mills. Check him out on YouTube. Check him out on Beats One. Check him out in life. You were under the influence. We all were. Thanks for listening to this episode of Under the Influence. Please subscribe to this podcast, rate, and comment. It will really help us out. Don't forget to check out our video episodes on YouTube.com forward slash Tom Ward Interviews. And you can always connect with Tom on social at MOT Draw One.